Have you ever noticed that delicacies are things we probably shouldn't even be eating in the first place? And you know, just because something has a French name, that doesn't mean it's fancy. And we've got an idea for a gourmet seasoning that will make us millionaires. And then we take a rather giggly tangent into the world of adhesive underwear. Bon appétit! how many people who listen to us now have listened to like the really early stuff like I don't know I mean part of me is like oh my god you should listen to everything and part of me is like oh my god don't listen to it because we totally didn't know what we were doing (laughs) I know the early stuff I have love hate with it oh my god because some of it is so outrageous Oh my god. And so, yeah. The first episode, all I can think, even though there's parts of it that are so fucking funny, but all I can think when I listen to it is, Amelia, why are you yelling? (laughs) I yelled every word. Now, we did record it in the car. And I was driving. So oh, maybe that kind of answer. Right. Yes, we did. Oh, my goodness. Because we were recording on our way to and on our way from Texas Friday. That's right. Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about Yes, yes, you yes, know, yes. And just so, but, but, but anyway, but the reason why I bring that up is because um, there was something that we talked about that came up for a bit in that. I can't even remember specifically what it was. But a phrase that came out of that, which actually became one of our uh, quote magnets, actually the first quote uh-huh. magnet that we did, uh, was fuck your palate. Oh, yes. And really, fuck your palate is such a standard thing. I mean, I, I still, I say it all the time, you know, whenever I'm watching a cooking yeah, show or and, whatever. You know, that had to have been, because we are on our way to a con. Yeah. It had to be in the context of us talking about spray cheese and Oreos. Possibly, man. Is it, it is it windy there again? Because I'm hearing your uh, wind chimes. Oh yes, they are. Yes, okay. and my window I, is sh- my my double paned window is shut. So that's oh how loud those fucking things are. <laughs> oh my god, that's insane. Anyway, I just I was very you know, shocked oh, by how loud that was. <laughs> let me say it really really fast because this is kind of okay. funny. And it's kind of fun. There was a lady in the store that I work in. And mm-hmm. she wanted to know where the spray cheese was. <gasps> and she was kind oh of fabulous. God. And she was, or you know, she was buying the spray cheese. And she was saying it was something to the effect of, oh, I'm just getting it. You know, I'm buying this because it's like, you know, my daughter is having friends over and whatever. And I was like, oh, I think spray cheese is so wonderful. I love it so much. And I, and I told her, and I was like, if you want to change your life. You eat some spray cheese on Oreos. 
Oh my God. I hope she did. And she was like, really? And she was laughing. And we had like a 10 minute conversation about that. And she was like, what is your name? I am so glad to have met you. You are just so delightful. Oh She's like, I'm going to try that. Oh and I'm going to come in and find you and tell you all about it. I, and, I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know if she just this knowing was a long time ago. I don't know if she ever it? did. Oh my God. But anyway, it was awesome. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too long ago that there was somebody, I guess it was a TikTok video or something. A guy that like, you know, tastes weird things and like his followers or whatever will write in and suggest things for him to eat and then he eats them on camera and someone told him to put spray cheese on an oreo <gasps> and he did and he totally he was like oh my god he was totally shocked oh, it was so at how good, good it and is. did i ever tell you about how good i'm sure i must have the the hamburger dill pickle slices with peanut butter on them I'm a huge fan of peanut butter and pickle yeah, combination. Yeah, that's good. Because I know this guy that I used to work with a long time ago at the Assisted Living in Austin. Mm. I, we had a lot of fun together. And, yeah. You know, and I would do this thing where I'd just be, just close your eyes and shut up and eat this. And just open your mouth. I'm putting something in your mouth. I would do the craziest fucking oh nasty God. shit. But he loved the pickles and peanut butter. You know, that actually just made me think of something. I saw a, a commercial for Skippy peanut butter <gasps> in a squeeze bag. Have you seen it? No. It's like a big bag with a nozzle. Like you pop it open and you squeeze it. I mean, like you could like perfectly squeeze it onto a stick of celery. You can perfectly oh. squeeze it. You could put it all over your sandwich without having to use a knife. Just put like oh, in concentric how circles. I, I, oh my God. I'm so, And I'm just thinking I, I of what wait. a cute dog treat option that would be. They actually, the they actually do make special dog peanut butter that's in like, almost like a spray cheese. Actually, that Kong brand. Yeah, oh, yeah. So off topic. Um, I bought a, um, a peanut butter one and I bought a, um. A pepperoni for for Spike. Uh -huh. For, like, these little lick mats that, like, are supposed... Because he's very licky, like, when he gets anxious. And so I bought these weird textured rubber mats. And you schmear peanut butter or whatever on it. And then the dog has to lick for a really long time to get in between all the little the little Oh, nubs. So, it's, so it's soothing. Yeah. And we bought... Um, we, we bought the, the peanut butter kind and the, and the pepperoni kind. And... I mean, good lord. I want to I mean, eat spray pepperoni. I know. Why don't they make that for people? Like, spray pepperoni mixed with cheese. Oh, my God. Like, remember the jar of peanut butter that had the, had the jelly in the jar? Oh, like, I do remember. And it was Goober brand. It was Goober. Yes. But imagine <laughs> that. Like, a tube of um, the, the, the stripey toothpaste. Only it's cheese and pepperoni and stripes that come out of a spray oh cheese. Oh my god, yes. Somebody invent that. Oh, it's, it probably exists. And you it's know there's nasty. people that are horrified right now listening to that. I would never eat that because, but, but you know what? They're lying because they would eat it and they'd love it. And you know what? I bet it would be really good on an Oreo too because, yeah. the, the, because the sharp cheddar is the best for the Oreo. But I mean, imagine if you had the additional... Like the zippiness and the salt, the additional saltiness of some pepperoni in there. Oh, it'd be so fucking good. Ooh, like a slice of pepperoni. 
Oh, we should try that sometime. Yes, anyway, absolutely. Anyway, anyway, yes. I digress. Anyway, so <laughs> the thing that I was thinking about. It's my fault. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. It's, I mean, it really is all the same kind of thing. But we're, here's, I, I was talking to a friend and we just kind of got into this discussion and it kind of, it's been in the back of my head for a while and I've been wanting to bring it up with you because I know, I know that you would totally agree with uh-huh. me on this. Like the idea of complicated food versus simple food. Like... The more complicated a food is, the less likely it's really that good. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if it's a vegetable, you know, you pick it, you wash it, maybe you peel it, and maybe it's a raw or a cooked thing, but whatever, you just fucking eat it. Yeah. And it is what it is, and it's fine. And there's ways to prepare it, but you're not taking away from what it is, right? Meat. You cut a chunk of it off of an animal. You put it on the fire. And then you eat it. And it's I mean, good. It's fucking good. <laughs> like, if it's not good just doing that, then what's the, why are you eating it? Like, if you have to do 20 things to it to make it worth eating... You watch like, you know, Chopped or something. I mean, I'm I'm very into Chopped, but I spend a lot of time just yelling at the TV. But <laughs> they'll give them like some weird, you know, cactus pear or some weird ass thing no one's ever heard of. And the judges are like whispering to each other like, "Oh, you know, if you don't uh if you don't prepare it exactly the right way, it's not only inedible, but it's completely poisonous and it will kill us. It's like, why, why was it in the fucking basket then? Because you don't know if those people know anything about oh, that. so stupid. Or like, for example, it's like, so you're going to butcher an animal for the, por- for the purpose of being eaten, but you're going to be so specific about, no, it has to be prepared in exactly the right way. Otherwise, you've just ruined it and you should be thrown in, pr- in prison. Yeah. You know, because how dare you cook it? I told you to cook it, for, cook it for 23 seconds and you cooked it for 27 seconds and therefore you have ruined it. Yes. And it's like an animal died so that people could ingest its flesh. Yeah. And you're going to you're going to quibble over it was cooked for 5 seconds longer than you would have preferred. Fuck. Just fucking shut up. Like that's kind of the the jumping off point of what I wanted to talk about. Oh, like, yeah, and I totally agree. Yeah, you knew yeah. that I agree. Like and even with cooking, most cooking if it's worth doing is very very simple. And I mean I I there's only one thing I can think of that's complicated. Now, granted, I will never do it myself because it's complicated. But if a restaurant has mole, like a Mexican place with mole, Mm -hmm. I will always order the mole. Because one, I fucking love mole. And two, it is so goddamn hard and time consuming to make and has like 20 ingredients. It's insane. It is the weirdest thing, but it's like insanely good for no reason oh, yeah, that makes any really sense. If you really don't know what you're doing, you ain't going to do it good. Yeah. 
You have I to be an expert. I remember when I, me and Ben, because you know Ben yeah. was a very adventurous cooker. Oh God, yeah. And we tried to make mole once, and it was oh my God, no, it was a nightmare. It was horrible. It was. <laughs> oh, and you just end up throwing out an entire dinner's worth of food. Yeah. And one of the things though that like. I have to order it if it's on the menu is I know that someone in that kitchen put a huge amount of time and effort into making it. And the thought of it having to be thrown out because not enough people ordered the mole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's horrifying to me. Cause I also hate, I also hate the thought of throwing out food, but throwing out something like that, that someone really put like all of their heart and soul uh-huh. into that is really upsetting to me, <laughs> but that's kind of the only thing that's complicated that I actually like. Most things are like, like there's, there's people who I, the best example I can think of is oysters. People who oh, claim girl. that they love oysters. My father. I was going to say, I, I, every time I think of oysters, I think of your dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so disgusting. It's so gross. Although I have actually, I will say that I was sort of proud. Uh, one time I took him out for lunch for his birthday and we went to a seafood place that had oysters. And... Not only did he eat, like, a dozen oysters himself, which, like, he and his sisters, like, trays and trays of oysters and pitcher after pitcher of beer just coming to the the table while we're just, like, eating our little fish sandwich and they're just being disgusting with the... Just disgusting. Anyway, but he actually will chew an oyster, which I Uh have to give him props for that because most people who claim they like oysters swallow them whole cover them with hot sauce first and immediately chase them with a beer. They swallow it like it's a big slimy pill. (laughs) And you know what that tells me? You fucking hate oysters. I literally just shuddered. I know. Because it's like gritty, pus-filled postules of mucus. That's what an oyster is to me. Oh my God, it's so disgusting. (laughs) It's so gross. It's so gross. And like, it's just... And because it is literally the entire animal, it's, I mean, you're just popping open a shell and you're doing nothing to it. You're just loosening it from the shell and just inhaling an animal. And if you're putting hot sauce and all this shit on it and then chasing it with a beer, you are trying to not taste the oyster. Why don't you just take a spoon of hot sauce, put it in your mouth and drink it and drink some beer? Oh, wait, man, why does, I'm a, all about why does an animal yeah, have to die? The oyster. Why does a fucking animal have to die? Or a dozen of them. So that you can drink more now, beer. is it oysters? Like, I remember going to New Orleans and the people that I was with going to, like, these stands with all this ice. And is that oysters or clams that you eat out of the shell raw? That's, o- that's oysters. Okay. Just, oh, yeah, no, didn't do it, wouldn't do it, no, mm-mm. Yeah. And clams <laughs> are similar. I mean, they're similar animal-wise to oysters. Like, scallops are also similar, but they also, they're not just a ball of snot. They actually, because of the because of the two shells, the bivalves, you know, they have a big muscle that open and close their shells because scallops actually swim, and scallops are so fucking I good. I like scallops. And, like, clams, there's certain, like, I like, like, a really good clam chowder. My mom used to make a clam sauce uh, for, like, linguine that was 
fucking amazing. But it was like canned clams. Oh, I mean, yeah. Because, you no, know, I love clam chowder and stuff, but yeah. You know. But yeah, like, I, but, like, I mean, I'll do, like, oysters, like, in stuffing, like, at Thanksgiving. Like, part of the stuffing would often be have oysters and stuff mixed in, and it would be a separate. Yeah, because your dad farther, would make that. Because. Yeah, and I always ate some of it because it was literally mom would be making it just so that dad would eat it. And I was always like, I eat a little bit of everything because I do as I'm fucking told. Yeah, and I never liked it, but I remember all the years that I spent at Thanksgiving at your house. Or at your parents' house, I should say. Yeah. I would yeah. always eat a little bit to people like, because I knew how important it was with your dad. But it was like one of those, like, oh, yeah. okay, like, eat this and then take a big swig of wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well and like when we had thanksgiving at our house um that was like my husband's family and my dad because i guess it probably it it may have been oh god i really i'm totally blanking on the first thanksgiving after mom died but i remember my husband making a point of figuring out like like finding a recipe and making oyster stuffing oh good because you know that's yeah. i know that's an important thing to your dad yeah so that's great it was always like the one thing and that was made for Did your dad eat it and appreciate it? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Oh good! But I told, oh, that's, but that's I so told sweet. my husband like, do not make a lot because there's going to be leftover, <laughs> and I can only eat so much unless he wants to know. eat it. Yeah, yeah. But then well, you have to sleep in the bed with him, though. So maybe you don't want him eating a lot of oysters. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he actually is one of those people that will eat an oyster. Like that was one of those things. Like when he was bonding with my dad. But but he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't like want them like he doesn't go like ooh, let's go out and get oysters he's not like that but he will eat them i just don't understand it i don't it's one of those i mean i will eat, i will like gladly eat tripe like a half a pound of tripe before i would eat one oyster huh? oh, God, and i tripe. hate tripe oh, <laughs> oh tripe is so god i always wondered like do people do people know what tripe is it's cow intestines oh it's and so they just gross. sort of Package it like it's meat, and it's just oh, a big. Oh, is it Oh, I thought it was stomach lining. Oh, like their stomach might be in there too, but it's it's all. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm-mm. No. You know, it's it's that whole. I mean, why? While I respect, you know, use the entire animal. Oh, I was just going to say, respect, I love that. Yeah, I respect but... nose to tail. I respect it, but ew, you know. Oh, speaking of using the entire animal, (laughs) me and Bomb had a big laugh today, you know, on our little road trip that we went Uh to the fabulous town of Modesto. And there's a lot of farming, little farming places that you go through there because it's a lot of fruits and nut orchards that you drive through. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of podunk towns and we saw this saloon, not a bar. (gasps) But a saloon that had not been painted since the 50s and not been remodeled since the 30s. Oh, my God. And is still open and still functioning, apparently. And they have this big light-up sign that says, Uh, Deep Fried Gizzard. Oh, my God. And I was like, I didn't know that they had Deep Fried Gizzard here in the middle of the Bay Area. I thought that was only like a Texas thing. Yeah, like I'll do I'll do fried chicken liver, but the other the other little the other crap that comes in that little bag, no thanks. 
Yeah, but, oh, me yeah. and mom laughed and laughed and laughed. She's like, do you think we should go into that saloon? And I said, yeah, it would probably be really fun, although I'd probably get my ass kicked. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, whenever, I don't I don't know when it would be, but whenever I come out for a visit, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go up there. Oh, I'm fascinated. Totally go there. <laughs> oh my God. The year of self-care. Okay. I'm going to get serious for a minute about having a crazy brain. My brain is, well, crazy. It's not a chemical problem in my case, or not much anyway. It's that my brain is just wrong. It's weird to realize that while I'm pretty smart, my brain can be downright dumb sometimes. One of the smartest things I've learned in recent years is this thing called radical acceptance. In a nutshell, it's accepting the reality of whatever situation you're in. It's actually easier than it seems once you learn to catch yourself refusing to get real. The truth is, a lot of us spend our lives like Don Quixote, on constant guard to do battle with giants and dragons when we're surrounded by simple windmills that mean us no harm. Now, when I say that I accept reality, it tends to piss some people off. They want to think I'm being passive, that I'm not trying to make things better, that I'm a chicken shit. But believe me when I say that standing up to your brain and how wrong it is takes a lot of guts. Ovaries of steel. So let's talk about it. Important point number one. This too shall pass. I actually wear a ring with that phrase stamped on it to remind me that shit is temporary. The good stuff and the bad. Remembering this helps you appreciate the good days and tolerate the bad days. Life is like weather. Give it a minute and it'll change. Next point, you can't change something that already happened. I mean, intellectually, we all know that's true. But emotionally, we tend to not believe it. So, something shitty happened. You can't change that it happened, but you can change how you look at it. Did you get into a relationship with somebody toxic? You can't undo that, but you can think about all the stuff you learned about yourself and the world because you had that experience. Number three, thoughts and feelings are just thoughts and feelings. And a lot of the time, They aren't even true. Perception and interpretation take you away from the truth. Let me give you a sample. What did she mean by that? Is she making fun of me? She's so awful. No respect for me. Well, I'll show her. Okay, what if I told you that what she actually said was, you look good in green. And you got yourself all pissed off because your brain decided that reality wasn't dramatic enough or whatever. If you can learn to catch yourself making shit up, you can really change your life. Next up, number four. You can be anxious or upset and still deal with shit. 
You've done it before. You know you have. Focus on what's actually real and do what you gotta do. You are immensely capable, especially if you aren't spending your energy fighting imaginary monsters. Number five. Now, learning this one was especially huge for me. When something happens that gives me an immediate emotional reaction, I may not be fully responsible for my first thought, but I am 100% responsible for my next thought. Viktor Frankl said it much fancier. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Ooh. So what's this about? Our initial response to things that people say and do, things that happen, is pretty much hardwired in us. It's the result of all the shit we've lived through, the hurt we've suffered, and how crazy our brains are. So that knee-jerk reaction, that sudden feeling, that's not your fault. But immediately following that moment, that feeling you just had, you are given a choice. It happens so fast you might not realize that you have control if you choose to take it. But if you can teach yourself to take a breath before responding to that stimulus, you can stop yourself from saying something hurtful to someone you wish you hadn't, or saying something hurtful to yourself and causing your emotions to spin out of control. All this stuff put together, focusing on what's real, learning to control your thoughts and feelings, and trusting that you can do what is needed to get through hard times, it adds up to a hell of a lot of stress relief. And in the long run, you'll stop wasting so much time and energy tilting at windmills. back to food so like okay so like we were talking about like you know big animals like cows and pigs and whatever and how you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of potential eaten on a cow it's like a big like a ton of meat on four legs you know it's like that is a that makes sense but then you think about well even things like like oysters if you were gonna feed your village on oysters how many thousands of oysters would you have to catch but, like, think about something like crawfish. There's, like, a thimble full of edible Ugh. there. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of cleaning. Ugh. It's so much fucking work. And is it really that good? I mean, it's okay. Okay, I'm so fine. if I cook with crawfish, which I have on many occasions because I love yeah. crawfish gumbo. Right. But I buy the frozen tails. Already cleaned. Right. Right. And I have gone to things. I remember the leather bar in Houston. Oh, my God. Ripcord? Is this the ripcord? Or is that in Dallas? And it doesn't even matter. But they would have this crawfish thing, the crawfish boil. And they would, like, 
cover the pool tables with these boards and this paper and just dump these whole boiled crawfish and everybody will be like peeling just ripping and an animal to pieces. Out. And I'm like, and sucking on the tip. The tip. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely no. I wouldn't touch that fucking thing with a 10-foot pole. So, but I like the tails so frozen. So much work. <laughs> so much work for... A piece of food the size of the tip of your pinky. Yeah, but they're good if you buy them at HEB in the frozen section. The well, little sure, tails. But think, about, but think about how many crawfish that uh, is. To get like a pound of meat. It's kind of scandalous, it's, I mean, though. It doesn't really make sense. You know, it's like and, and, you know, a lobster, as delicious as lobster is, it's basically an, a water cockroach. I mean, it's uh, like... <laughs> it's like I don't... They're so gross. And yet, these are the things, now, especially when you get in the area of, like, you know, people who are, like, snotty about oysters and people who are, like, really into lobster or whatever. The weirder it is, the less sense it makes to eat it, the more likely that we consider it a delicacy. Oh, and what about goddamn snails? Oh, my God. Who looked at a snail and said, you know what? I bet if I put a bunch of breadcrumbs on that, I bet that would be delicious. You know. Like, who who did that? It's like, why did just just blow your nose on a plate, and that's the same thing as a snail? Oh, my God. So I was like, mm. <laughs> I mean, I've, I am always willing to taste something because... If people eat it, it's like, well, maybe it's good. But the thing is, it can't be that good. I've never tried that, be. have you? Snail, no. No. Uh, and I, I, you know, I would, I've tried gizzard. I've done chicken's feet. Oh. I've done like, liver. I've done kidney. I've done Rocky Mountain oysters. I've done. Oh, I did, I've done that. I've done that. But fucking ball. snails. Have you had no. frog's legs? I've had frogs, yes. I've had snake, I've had alligator, I've had possum sausage. I've, oh my god. I've had emu sausage. Yeah, but I will not <laughs> eat fucking snail. And I'm sorry, it's not a scorgo, it's a goddamn snail. I've eaten, I've eaten cricket. I've eaten crickets. Oh, I have too. Or wait, have I? I've eaten either um, cricket or grasshopper, I don't remember which. It was a guy at work that I used to be friends with. One of those weird moments where he just had a couple bags of assorted like uh, roasted various types of flavor like like little bags of roasted crickets. And he he knew that I'm I'm game, you know. And it was salt and vinegar crickets. Oh. And you know what? The the main thing that I mean, it's like, but then it, once again, you put in a fucking, you know, ranch powder or whatever on something, and then the flavor of the animal doesn't matter anymore. The main thing I was happy about was that um, they didn't have the legs. Because my when I imagined eating a cricket, before I actually saw crickets and ate them, I kept thinking... The little barbs on the legs mm -hmm. would like get caught on like the skin inside your mouth or something, and I was horrified at just the feeling of that. And luckily, that yeah, I guess well, you know, like when a cricket dies and the legs pop off, yeah, you know, as they do. So I guess when you harvest a large amount of crickets and roast them, I guess their legs all just 
vapor. Yeah, I don't or remember I don't if it was cricket. It must have been crickets, or maybe it was. And it was. It was in. Um, the people were into ants. San Cristobal, San Cristobal, or however you pronounce yeah. that in Tapachula, or not Tapachula, uh-huh. Chiapas in Chiapas. Yeah. Um, it was one or the other, and I thought it was fine. I would never read it again, but I wanted to try it. But I was game for that. But snails, right. no. Mm-mm. It's like well, it's. I mean, a snail is basically a land oyster. I mean, it's just gross. You know. But like, what about shit? Like, I mean, like when he gets into like the the delicacy shit, you have your snails. You have your. What about that? What was the kind of fish? It's like a puffer fish, isn't it? That. In Japan, there's like you have to be specially certified. Oh yeah, because what if you eat it within so many minutes of killing it, you die? I think. Well, I think it's there's a thing about there was one kind of fish that has some sort of gland in it that is literally filled with poison, and if when you are butchering the fish, yes. if you so much as get your knife near that gland. It is very possible that this neurotoxin or whatever just saturates all the meat and whoever eats it is going to die. Now, let me pose this question again. How fucking delicious would pufferfish have to be to risk your life? To possibly go into like anaphylactic shock or something. Uh, it's, it's having the, in, in the answer, having never had it. But it doesn't matter because the answer is it's not. Yeah, there's. And I mean, it's just some sort of elitist horseshit. Yes, I have had some incredibly delicious food. Like the best food I've ever had is still not worth dying uh-uh. for. You know, like I don't, I don't understand people. But it's that, it's that high class elitist uh. shit. The same people, you know, it's the same people who will say, well, you know, you, you cooked my lamb and you made it, you know, it's like, oh, well, this, this person cooked their lamb slightly over and now it's just ruined because it's dry, because they're claiming it's dry. (sighs) But the other person who was so scared of accidentally overcooking it, cooked it for like five seconds less than they would have normally. And it's like, oh my God, my, my lamb is, is way too rare. It's like, oh, you oh. eat raw meat. You will, if I gave you steak tartare, which is beef that has not been cooked at all, you will fucking eat that and, and be like, oh, thank you very much. And asshole, like, you know, chefs or whatever the fuck. How do they even know this stuff? And it's so stupid. Because that's you know. what that's what French cooking is. I know. Once somebody decided that the French invented cooking. Oh, and it's so funny that you say that because I was that's just That's the whole escargot bullshit. I was just gonna make a comment. And I was just gonna say I would rather have a boiled hot dog dipped in Velveeta than a goddamn French meal. It's so like, oh, I just, I mean, (laughs) there's so much of it. And one of the things that's so funny is like, I, when I started getting into cooking and one day I was, um, cause like when my mom would make macaroni and cheese and I don't mean boxed macaroni and cheese. I mean the way housewives used to make macaroni and cheese. Where you have macaroni and then you have cheese and you put them together and you bake it in the oven. 
my and, uh, mother would like <laughs> she would mix i guess a little milk and a little flour like like in a like in the in the the pyrex measuring cup and she would just sort of make a little slurry and she would cook she would boil the macaroni and pour it into this her little corel uh corn flour blue you know casserole dish and then she would pour the milk and, and flour mixture over it and then she would have like taken a block of cheddar because mm-hmm. you couldn't buy pre-shredded cheese and oh that's and right you like, could not no and, and and pre-sliced cheese was pretty much only shitty american yeah, cheese you couldn't it sure really, was. unless yeah. you went to a deli and had them slice it for yeah. you so you would get like your block of cheddar and she would cut these chunks of cheddar and just sort of lay it all over the top with the idea that it would melt down and that was fucking heaven to me and like all the burnt cheese bits around the corners oh and fuck yeah the weird, totally overcooked now macaroni that was at the bottom because it's sitting in like this milk slurry and it's already been boiled. So it's just absorbing more of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was amazing. But I started hearing people be like, well, you know, if you're going to make a macaroni and cheese, you have to, you know, first you have to make a bechamel sauce and you have to blah, blah, blah. So oh, I looked up a bechamel please. sauce. And the thing is, a bechamel sauce is not that far off from what my mother did. Mm-hmm. It's just that you cook it, you do it in a saucepan. It's only slightly more complicated. But, you know, my mom wasn't trying to be Julia Child. My mom wasn't trying to be fancy. She just had to put food on the table and she really wasn't into cooking. And so whatever the most simple way of doing anything was what she was going to do. And... When I realized that making a bechamel sauce is like the easiest goddamn thing in the world, that was when I realized, oh, it's just very, very basic techniques and none of it is special. Yeah. It's not fucking special. It just has a Frenchy name and it doesn't fucking matter. And that's part of why I always, you know, when we do the bitchin' in the kitchen stuff, it's like real cooking, like cooking stuff that's actually worth eating is actually really easy. You're not trying to make, you know, you're not trying to make like a four course French meal. Yeah. And I think what it is, is like what is like high art versus things that people enjoy. Right. There you go. Or like the kind of, the kind of shit that walks down runways at a fashion show versus clothes that humans actually wear. I was just thinking about that. It's like going to buckle in the mall and being like, these jeans make my ass look cute. Right. Or I want to buy that shirt because if I saw some guy wearing that shirt, I would want to go home I would with totally want to fuck him. Yes. So that is, but couture is just artistic bullshit that's stupid that nobody understands but the artist. And they probably don't even understand it either. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of cooking lot of... is like that too. Yeah. I think, and and when people do the oh, this is so delicious. There's a, there's a lot of times when it's like, especially on a show like Chopped where they're talking about the ingredients, the people are going, oh my God, I don't even know what this is. I've never even heard of it. And they taste it. And they're like, oh my God, this tastes like shit. How am I supposed to make an appetizer out of gummy bears and rock salt and a, and a dead squirrel? Oh, I know, but it's almost sometimes like, well, you know, the putridity 
of this is balanced by the vomit flavor of this to make it okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, this is really good, but like, if you had just squeezed a tiny bit of lime juice over it, it really would have elevated it. And it's like, how much, how much elitist bullshit are you talking about when something is so good that a drop of lime juice would have made it orgasmic? It's like, I'm pretty sure it was just fucking fine. As it and, was. Oh my God. This feel, I swear to God, you could like stick a pile of manure in a frying pan and put capers on it and they'd think it was fabulous. You know, oh <laughs> if you dried shit to the point where like there's no bacteria in it anymore and it's basically just powder, you could put that shit in a shaker bottle <gasps> and give it a fancy name and people would people would put it on their food and they would think that they were fucking gourmet. Oh, my God. I could totally see that becoming a fad of like Los Angeles bimbos. <laughs> And it's and it's totally organic, and I I bet it would also count as vegan because the animal does isn't involved at all. It's just the leavings. Oh my god, we could totally market that and like just do it to LA. All those stupid LA people, like a pop up shop, like a hipster pop up. And oh my god, we could become a thing, and then we could we could expand and do manure massage. Oh my god! I was just thinking that we could call our special seasoning manure. Yes, Man- manu manure, and um, it would be like like it would it would be a very umami sort of a note. You know, it would have a very earthy umami yes. thing, like mushrooms, but somehow more dead. It would be you amazing. know we could have different flavors of it. You know, manure with a hint of. I know some esoteric ranch, thing. ranch yeah. powder, <laughs> Monterey, you Ra- know, ranch Monterey, with a hint of es- uh, with a hint of escargot excretion. Oh no! Imagine escargot with a dusting. <laughs> the escargot with a dusting of Monterey. Yes, with goddamn with goddamn capers. <laughs> I actually love. Capers, I do too, but I love but... anything. I love anything that's in brine. <laughs> I do too, but it's so funny I love that they put capers foods. on goddamn everything, and it just makes me laugh. Oh my god! Do you want to make it like you know, like couture cooking? Add a caper. <laughs> Monsters. Oh my, I didn't see you there. You really spooked me. Just like my podcast, The Paranormal Burrito. We're a weekly podcast featuring a new guest every episode. So join us for fun and spooky stories. If you have a spooky story you'd like to share, email us at theparanormalburrito at gmail.com. The Paranormal Burrito, your true stories. I'm not like afraid of food in general, but there is a certain, there is a certain point where it's just like, um, well, you know, and there's, well, like the, like the people who like, I don't, 
no one really knows what's in a hot dog. Even the people who make the hot dog technically don't know what's in it because shit falls into and vats I don't even all care the time because they're good. Yeah. And who the fuck cares? Bologna is delicious. And what God, about... If it wasn't um, delicious, people wouldn't eat it. What about truffles? I have never actually tasted a truffle. I think they taste kind of like a mushroom, sort of, because they're fungus. Yeah. I know they're fungus. But I bet they taste more like Manu Ray. Because I am <laughs> convinced that they probably taste like shit. And the only reason they're such a thing is because they're French edible and they're them. very rare. And they're hard to come by. Yeah. So because yeah. they're edible and they won't kill you and they're rare, people think they're good even though they're not. Yeah. Because if they they're were probably... good, they would be more commonly eaten and somehow, somewhere in the plethora of the multiverse, they would be more prolific. That's I mean, true. I understand the specific environments they need to grow, but if they were that good, they'd be more prolific. Because they'd be and shit if they out were that places, good, and then they'd grow, or whatever. Right. Right. If they were that good, the world would have figured out a way to farm them. Because it's just a species of fungus. Yeah. It's like, recreate the conditions and fucking farm them and be a millionaire. But no. If it's that delicious, we should all know what they taste like because truffle should just be a flavor that everybody knows. That they can you create really it do synthetically. Like truffles with a dusting of manta ray with Velveeta. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, and, okay. The can shaped um, jellied cranberry sauce cut into a perfect little cube. With a cube of Velveeta, oh. and then a slice, a small slice of truffle with a dusting of Manta Ray, and then a, fr a frilly uh, toothpick. <laughs> oh my god, we should totally serve that. It's so like hoity-toity opening. <laughs> and people would be like, oh my god, this is so good. What is it? Is this Manu Ray? <laughs> oh my god. I'm tr oh my god! I'm so excited about about our how we're gonna be we're gonna be rich <laughs> because Manta Ray is so I mean I think I think there's there's so much of it just laying around out there that no one is taking advantage of. I know, and I'm saying I think and I do I think Manta Ray massage could be a thing. Oh, you know what? I bet I bet Gwyneth Paltrow would find a way to put Manta Ray in, into her vagina. Oh god. What, like maybe as part of the the steaming process that she does, the Korean oh, veg yeah. steaming thing. I love manure. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell this story on the show about when when you're at Kerrville, we had this mulch. It was like it wasn't redwood. It was like it was cedar. It was cedar mulch. Oh, oh, I don't know if you have, but I know the story and I really want you yeah, to tell it. Yeah, it was cedar mulch. Yes. And it was like we had it just on the the ground of the, the camp. Like it, in your camp area, Yeah, right? and we're talking like, was it three? I'm trying to think how it was that year, if it was a square of four. I think it was a rectangle of three easy ups. That's a big 
area, right? Because those are like ten by yeah. ten or eight by eight. Ten by ten, like yeah. yeah. So, anyways, we had, and as it you know rained and got walked on and blah 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 blah, we kept having to go to the store and buy more. Well, they were out of the ones that we were buying, so we bought some other, and it was like cedar, and it wasn't walnut. Obviously, but let's say it was cedar and walnut. It was cedar and something. It's supposed to be like wood shavings yeah, yeah, or something exactly. that's mulch. So we're right. like, oh, this is okay. As long as it, you know, keeps the... So we covered, we, we got all these bags of it. Was it for like, for like bug control? What, what it was, was it? It was for mud control because where our camp was, was very muddy. Oh, so it kind of stays on top of the dirt. Yeah, so it was for mud okay. control and for yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um. So we did that, and after we opened all these bags and dumped it all out, we were like, "Oh my fucking god!" It was half manure. Oh, so it was like a compost slash. And we mulch. did not realize that we had just basically oh. redone the entire floor of our thirty by ten foot camp. Oh, in goddamn God. manure. <laughs> and how long did you did you exist on we this just bed of manure? It and laughed it off, and everybody laughed it off, and it was fine, and it was all. How did it smell though? It was faded in about four or five days. Oh my God! Ugh. Yeah, but it was so funny, and I mean, we had people coming in there, being like, "Oh, what is it?" Oh. Oh, I just can't be over here. Oh. And it's like, oh, bitch, shut the fuck up. You've never been on a farm before. It's not that bad. Shut the fuck up. You and, know. and that, I mean, and really, dirt is made out of shit and dead animals. So, you know, it's dead things and, and shit. So. But that was so fuck. funny. But ever since that, I've been very fond of manure. And. <laughs> When I was doing my little road trip today, we went through this section of country in the hills outside of Modesto. Yeah. Lots of cows. Yes. Of course. And of course, I could smell that smell. And I was like, and it just made me smile because it reminded me of, you know, that Kerrville was, God, 10 years ago, whatever, however long it was. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you love manure so much that if you ever had a child... You would name him Manure. <laughs> that would be great. The boy could be, it could be twins. The boy could be Manure. And the girl could be Manure. Like Desiree? Yes. Or Ma Manure is kind of like Manuel. It's all, Actually, it's very close to oh, me. Oh, yes. That would be a good name, Manuel Manure. <laughs> Manure. Okay, I'm thinking... Uh, Manta Ray would be a good last name for a drag queen. Now I'm thinking. It's like, uh... Oh, God. Anastasia Manta Ray. <laughs> uh, the Bitchin' Booty. Yes. Um, I think we need to give them a thing, Spike. We can give them a drop that they can play on their yes, show. Yes, I think we've uh, got to find some time and get get time to do, do that. I think we should do it right now. I think we should do it right now. Look, I'll show you how easy it is, Spike. <laughs> Watch this. I'm just going to do it live. Okay, do it live. Like that bloke screams. I'm just going to do it live. Watch this. 
Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical... I can't do it now. I can't speak. Too much pressure. I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try again. Take 52. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the most bitchin' boutique. See? That was easy, wasn't it? Okay. They could send us one. We could play it in ass. Yeah, yeah. Right, you do it. Yeah. Right, What do you want me to say? Whatever, whatever comes to mind. Hi, this is Spike from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, who ain't no bitch, but you're listening to The Bitchin' Boutique. Oh, that was good. I think I hope they use that. Let's see if they cut it and put it in their next show. <laughs> Diplomatic community. Oh, it just makes me want to bathe in manure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Oh, it'd be such glam. I have been fascinated by, like, sometimes you'll see, um, like, at spas, as, like, they, you know, they have some sort of very pure, like, volcanic clay or something, and they just sort of pack it on you like Adobe or something, and it just, you know, sucks all the, you know, toxins, quote, toxins from your pores or whatever. And that sounds fascinating, but, like, when people, when it's, like a like a a vat of it that you submerge yourself in. It's like I'm sorry, but I mean, granted, it's not like our snooches just suck things in right. or anything. But <laughs> I I can't. I I would have to like put a cork in there or something before I submerged into filth. You know, no matter how sanitized that filth might be, right. it's filth. <laughs> Yes, it is, indeed. But you know how I love filth. I know. <laughs> I wonder if you, if you went to one of those things, I wonder if they would provide you with a cork. What would, they, would it be like the sanitary cork or the, the um, modesty cork? <laughs> oh, my God. So we oh can, we God. can market this. I'm telling you, all those stupid oh. L.A. bitches would eat this oh up. I just thought of something that I saw just this morning. I swear to God... I, I don't even know if I could adequately describe it. Okay, let's just talk about the concept. Okay, this this is this is dumb bitch central. This this is a product that makes so little sense that only the dumb bitch would want one. So let's talk about the concept of a thong, right? Now, the whole point of the thong is to have no visible panty line, mm-hmm. right? So, visible panty line was generally considered, like, what goes on your butt cheek. Like, if your pants were tight enough, that was where the panty line was happening, is the lower line. So, that's why the thong eliminated the line by shoving the panty up your Uh ass. But, But it still had a waistband, because it's an item of clothing that you put on. And, like, a tiny, you know discreet triangle of fabric <laughs> that goes over your probably shaved bare pubic yes. area. So what I saw today, it was called the adhesive thong. Oh. And the big selling point was to banish panty lines forever. And I'm like, well, that's what a thong is already. Oh, why like, don't what? you just not wear panties? Hello. Because here's what, here's the, this item is acting as though the waistband of the thong is an offending panty line as well. (laughs) So now 
what you have is a piece of fabric that has adhesive on it and a little triangle patch that you attach to your skin in your what where your pubic hair would be if you had any because clearly you cannot have pubic hair if you're wearing this and you take it and you you tuck it through your legs and you pull it up your butt crack and then this the other end is sort of has like a little heart shape because it's cute and it's adhesive too and it sticks to you special it sticks to you right at the top of your butt crack because you somehow want to wear underwear and yet somehow not actually because wear underwear. Because, like, why the fuck would you even wear that? And how do you pee? Because if there's a urine what leak, if, if there's a period leak, if there's any sort of oh. other, it's not gonna, like, why the fuck would you even wear it? And they're not cheap. I have to point out, they're not cheap. Oh, either. because it'll and make apparently, you know, because it'll be all these stupid whores that are out at the nightclub where right. they meet their one night stands who they think they're going to marry. They'll be really turned on by that. And I guess that's the value of it. But it's like, is it like taking off a Band-Aid? Like, do, do, you, do, you, do you ask the guy, would you like to remove my adhesive thong? Right. And he has to like pick at the corner to get it to come up. And then it's just like, like, don't rip too fast because you might like rip my lips off or something. I'm like, I don't yeah, really know. I guess it's that, yeah, for all the it girls that go home it's with amazing. 10 guys a week that they're going to go home. And these guys are going to be really turned on to this because, oh you know, God. they're really looking for a husband, you know. Because that's how you get it yeah. by <laughs> being a complete come bucket but oh my I, goodness i don't understand like there's nothing about it that i understand i mean it, it this this item even in the description because you know i read the entire thing i mean i looked at everything I, I was like prove to me that this thing needs to exist because i see no point in it and a selling point of it is that you can reuse it um okay i should hope that underwear could be worn more than once. I mean, so is it like somehow like like the window clings that you can put on <laughs> and then you can take them off and move them to another spot? Is it like that? I don't know. I mean, like, I have, I have shapewear that has like silicone bands going through yeah. it so that when you pull it up, it, it grabs onto your skin and doesn't yeah. roll down. But it's not actually it's not an adhesive or maybe it comes with like some sort of spray that you some sort no, of spray it, it or something like like spray glue yeah well here, now here's here's something that i just thought of like let's say you know now i i, I mean i'm assuming there's sizes although in in slut world one size fits all because all women are the exact same size and shape in slut world. Oh, I know because what but, are they? Zero to two? Is that the? Is that the? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so yeah. stupid. Yeah. But what I'm imagining though is like, well, what if my pubic, pubic bone to butt crack distance is like you know half an inch longer than average, maybe, and let's say that. I have it stuck to me, and then when I go to sit down, 
it just you know like like if your pants are too tight and your pant rip your oh, pants yeah. rip what if all of a sudden you you get this sprawling because the the little heart-shaped buttock area sticker comes unglued and just like just you know bifurcates my business oh that is so funny and if i'm in a mini skirt let's say i'm wearing a skirt now i've just got it's just dangling it's just dangling because it's not in there anymore (laughs) i mean wouldn't that be fabulous oh Oh my god oh Oh my god and then then, (laughs) what if i'm dancing what if it's hot what if i'm sweating and it just falls off this is not like your panties falling down this is like the adhesive like, what if I've, like, let's say, oh, you should be able to wear it 20 times before you throw it in the trash. Well, what if this is time number 19? And, you know, like, my skin is maybe a little oilier than someone else's or whatever. And I put it on and it's just, it's it's going to be a quitter. It's not going to, it's not going to last me the whole night. And I'm dancing at the club in my little, in my little mini dress, my little skin tight bodycon mini dress. And all of a sudden this triangle string heart-shaped thing just falls out of my snooch area oh that's so funny oh my god it would be just like the in, inside the electric circus tour 1987 at the san jose civic when blackie lawless's saw piece cod piece fell off on stage except that could have actually hurt someone. it just fell fucking off <laughs> Oh God! What if what if a guy is like is like heading down there and like all of a sudden like the it just snaps back and what if he like loses an eye? I mean, these do people think these things through? I mean, come on. I just you know. Oh, and they come in two colors. They come in you know, like you know, peachy flesh tone. You know, gross flesh tone, like band aid color, oh, and then um, black. Because, of course, see, I would want to get it in black because that way, like, I could wear, like, white linen pants and then have, like, a little black heart Oh, that would be funny. Oh, my God. And, I, you know, and it's just that when you're telling me that, all I could picture in my head was the worst person in the world <gasps> wearing one of those at a con. Because <laughs> you know he would. Oh, my Lord. Oh, he would have shown up. To your party, the time that he showed up to the party wearing nothing but a but a jock strap with a dildo glued to it, he if he'd had access to a stick on panty, panty oh, thong, he would have worn, he those worn that. Balls hanging out either side of the thong. Oh yeah, like what one one going east and he one going totally west. Totally would have done that, huh? Oh my god! Oh, just think how it would revolutionize the stripping industry. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Although you couldn't, you couldn't tuck, you couldn't tuck money into it, I guess, because what if the adhesive? Came, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand people. I think that's really. Oh, that's so funny. Anyway, whether fabulous. whether it's you know the stupid food that they eat or their you know what they cover their snooch with, I don't get it. No, but <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh god. And it was just this morning. <laughs> I was I was howling. That it just uh, it delights me. I'm utterly fascinated. So good, and I will I will definitely um, 
send you the picture because you need to see oh it. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And of course I will share it on, on the social medias after this episode comes Absolutely. Out. And not one minute before. <laughs> because all, everyone who doesn't follow us on the social media, you really should be. I mean, come on. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.